Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today marks the 40th anniversary of Eddie Murphy's film debut in the buddy cop action comedy 48 Hours on December 8, 1982. I spoke to Murphy briefly on the red carpet when he received the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor at the Kennedy Center in 2015. It's the highest honor for a comedian, you know, this, this, this award. It's a wonderful wonderful thing. Is it wild to be considered one of maybe the funniest guy of all time? Yeah, that's all, that's, that's all great stuff. And you know, rarely do comics get Oscars and stuff like that, so this is great. This is the highest honor and it's a great thing. I also spoke with Trevor Noah, who showed up to pay tribute to Murphy. Hey, sir. Jason Fraley with the radio you, station. When, uh, when did you first discover Eddie, and were you were you blown away, and did he inspire you to get into the same biz? Oh, I, I think it would be a disservice to say that I discovered him. I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had the pleasure of being exposed to his um, uh, to his comedy in coming to America was the very first time. Yeah, my cousin came over with a VHS cassette, and we watched that, and it was just it changed everything for me. <laughs> How was your coming to America with the Daily Show? I'm still to that? I'm still living that experience. Funny enough, <laughs> that's exactly my experience. Yeah. Um, do you have a personal favorite role? Is it is it that first one? I think it would have to be in Coming to America. Is yeah. it Coming to America? I'm torn between Coming to America and The Nazi Professor because what he did with the clumps was just, it was a, it was a mind-blowing experience for me at the time. I, I, was always, I was always shocked that people weren't more impressed by what he had done because it was completely different characters acting together. It was, it was mind-blowing for me. That's like Peter Sellers' Strange Love or Mike Myers, you know, <laughs> yeah, awesome yeah, yeah, power. Yeah. How do you how would you act? can you even imagine trying to do that act off yourself? I, I genuinely I genuinely cannot. It's a it's a it's a, it's a very difficult thing to, just acting with people that are there is difficult to now act with people that are not there takes it to another level. Yeah. What set him apart I think was the fact that he was a superstar and yet he still connected with every single person in that audience. You know, he he somehow maintained a balance of, of, of uh, stardom and at the same time every manness and that was something that was amazing for me is he he didn't seem unrelatable and yet at the same time we knew that his world was so far out of our reach so as an audience you were watching this guy who was a superstar and he would tell you a story about Michael Jackson but he wouldn't make you feel like it wasn't your world he made you feel like I'm your guy and I just happened to meet Michael Jackson and that was always fascinating for me that he did really well and uh, just wrapping up real quick what's it like after been a couple weeks in on Daily Show oh it's insane yeah it's absolutely insane used to it a little now oh I don't think you can ever get used to it's harder work there's a lot more scrutiny yeah it's a, it's an insane roller coaster I'll tell you that much so uh, the weekends are just that little moment at the top of the at the top of the peak 
Awesome. Well, enjoy tonight. I next spoke with comedian Kathy Griffin. You are known for you know fearlessness and yes. all your stand-up. Did you borrow a little of that from Eddie, or did he inspire that? So if I had to pick like a favorite joke, when um, Cosby calls Eddie and says he's too vulgar, and then Eddie, who liked Cosby, calls Pryor, and Pryor says, do the people laugh? And Eddie says, yes. And he says, do you get paid? And he says, yes. And then Pryor says to Eddie, well, then tell Bill Cosby to have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. So if I had to pick, like, a favorite joke, that would be it. I'm just not going to tell it tonight because this audience will cringe, and rightly so. But I also like Dream Girls. I mean, come on. Being a gay man, I love every frame of Dream Girls. <laughs> I never knew you were a gay man. Yeah, I was, I've you known since I was three. I've known since I was three. Oh, do you have a favorite movie of this other than Dream well, Girls? Well, like a comedic yeah. role? I, I, I think I like trading. No, you know what I love? This is okay. I didn't even tell him this because we were in, all in his room last night hanging out. Me and Eddie and Chappelle and Arsenio. Um, I name actually dropper. am a big name <laughs> dropper. I actually love Boomerang, and I've seen Boomerang like a hundred times. But I don't know if that's like one he thinks of as one of his great, because it wasn't like a franchise. I love Boomerang. Like I have the PM Dawn soundtrack from Boomerang. That's how much I love Boomerang. Champion it. Everyone else is going to hold up Beverly Hills Cop. That's right. That Everybody stuff, else is going to so. say that. Only I'm going to be the one insightful enough to really ring the bell for Boomerang. Ring the bell for Boomerang. Yeah. The only chick. When I saw the lineup, part of me is like, hey, I'm the only girl. And then I went, wait a minute, I'm the only girl. So uh, it's something I take pride in. And, you know, when I get to play here or I'll be at Carnegie Hall November 12th, every time, you know, I take the stage, I feel it's a feminist statement. And also I tell good jokes that are hilarious. Along those lines, I saw yeah. you doing a little bit of a boxing speed bag over there. Yeah, that's, that's how I treat guys. Um, nether regions. I'm going to try to be politically correct. Yeah, so that's yeah. in Europe, right? Nether regions. That's a that's one yeah. of the. It's a newly franchised country. <laughs> yes. We're going to send some drones over it, and then it'll be the drone papers. He's done it all because this is a guy who started out as a teenage stand-up comic, then SNL, creating iconic characters. At by the way, like some would argue, maybe not SNL's best time, and he still broke out. And then it was like bye-bye. Now movies and movie franchises, and once again creating roles. Everything obviously from Beverly Hills Cop to Shrek that people talk about all the time. So that is no small accomplishment for a comedian. And you know, to be nominated for Academy Award. That's also unusual for a comedian. So he's just done so many things that most comics aren't able to do. And he just has the talent to push through no matter what. And Nutty Professor playing all those characters. I mean, <laughs> most people are happy to play one. He played the whole movie. Were you in the runner-up for Shrek? You were on, we're close yes. to get Donkey? I do have two lines in Shrek. I'm going to talk about that tonight. Oh, you do? Yes. Really? <laughs> I don't know my two lines in Shrek. Oh, oh okay. Well, now you but I do know I have them. I next spoke with SNL alum Jay Farrow, who does a mean Eddie Murphy impression. Hey, nice to meet you, sir. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, so uh, when do you remember first seeing Eddie? Either on TV or when, you know, when would you actually first become aware? Golden Child. Yeah? That's the first time I saw him. It was like a 90... I don't know what it was. It was like, it was like I was eight. I was I was seven or eight. So it had to be. It was like 94, 95. Yeah. Yeah. And it just made an impression. That it just stuck in your brain. Like he was that making guy's noises going. and making fun. I was, he was funny. He was making noises. Who else does that? Like I was like I make noises too. I was like you can get rich making noises. Yeah. I was like yes. I didn't say that. I just you know I was like oh my god you yeah. can actually make people laugh just making noise just doing noises. He was just doing noise. It was so it was so funny to me. I love that movie. It's so funny. My brother Numsy, I should be purged. <laughs> he said he should be purged. I should be purged. Purge me. I have offended my brother Numsy, this brother, this beautiful brother, as I touch your face. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was pretty damn good right there. That was, Thank you, you. You've mastered it. Did you, was it. Were you in front of the mirror or you just... I do it all, man. I've, I've watched this stuff so much, so it's just like, yeah. it's like clockwork. And then the grandma said, keep us on me. I tossed this night between the crack of your ass. 
Kunal clean? Mine's squeak clear. I'm clean mine. And he just goes like that. He said, what do you think Kunal get? We take an asshole by the car wash? Well, you gonna talk about somebody Kunal clean, but you can't clean mine. I can't clean mine. He said, I'm gonna clean it right now. Case in point. All right, oh, well, you gotta get so down fun. the line. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I also spoke with SNL alum Kevin Nealon. So you joined the, you know, SNL cast after his big run there. What was, was the legend of Eddie alive and well on the set? Did people swap stories about him and all that sort of well, thing? Well, it was interesting because um, I think he was on during the Gene Domanian years. So Lorne Michaels wasn't there. So it was like a different regime. You know, so it wasn't like, I think, even though there was talk about Eddie and, you know, obviously everyone recognized for his talent, we were there with Lauren, so it was more about the original cast. You know, the Belushi and Aykroyd and those guys, Chevy Chase, Lorraine Newman, all those. But do you remember watching him, you know, as a comedian yourself? Like, you know, watching him before you joined the cast? Yeah, yeah. I watched them on Delirious, that stand-up special. He had the red, red jacket on, leather jacket, and the pants. And when he first came out, I thought to myself, that is so corny, you know? <laughs> but he was so funny and so talented by the end of his act I'm thinking to myself I wonder where I can get an outfit like that yeah that's what I was going to say you never went and bought the red one yourself no but, well, I, I, I couldn't pull off something like that I, I wore it for like five or six years then I dumped it oh well, that's true too yeah. and then uh, you've uh, I mean I know you worked with you've worked with other SNL guys in movies too like I know what Sandler and Happy yeah, yeah. Gilmore and stuff um, well, compare working with that versus with him and with Eddie and, and Daddy Daycare what, is there something with the well, post SNL guys that trans- well I, you know, I know Sandler a lot better than Eddie you know yeah. Sandler I've known for years and I've done a lot of his films and doing the bull dance doing the bull dance feel the flow harness the good block the bad <laughs> circular put all the quarter things. in watch it go around all good things um, every every time I do that somebody reminds me of another line I said do people quote that to you a lot? Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah with Sandler we're friends you know I'm, yeah. I'm, I like Eddie but you know we're not friends where we hang out and stuff you know yeah yeah but what was it like working with him in, in Daddy Day? it was great he was very yeah. professional he came to the, he knew his lines yeah. all the time and uh and there was like, like I said, there's a camaraderie between these comedians, you know, because you, you kind of know each other and what you go through, and and um, yeah, I had a lot of respect for him, and I think it was mutual, and we had a good time. Awesome. And just to wrap it up, what's your role tonight? Are you allowed to? Uh, My role tonight? Us? Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just one of the comics paying tribute yeah. to Eddie, and I'll try to come up with something. Give us the bull dance on stage. Do the bull dance. Feel the flow. All right, cool. Thank All you, right, sir. Man, thank you. And finally, I spoke with Murphy's SNL co-star, Joe Piscopo. T.O.P.'s big. That's huge. Oh, yeah. You know T.O.P.? Yeah. I do. How, how do you know us so well? You know, because I'm, I'm a radio geek. Junkie? Yeah, uh, radio junkie. I'm on the radio every morning at 970 AM, the Salem station in New York, The Answer. Okay. And, uh, and T.O.P., that's your... Uh, 
That's a big station. Oh, who, yeah. who owns it now? Is it the? It's uh, bo- well, it was Bonneville. Now it's Hubbard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. But radio's hot now. Radio's jumping. Yeah. Why do you enjoy doing it so much? Is it the theater of the mind you know, type? When you're, yeah. When we're talking right now, you're talking to the, that that one person listening right now knows we're talking to them and we're talking to them. And so when, right. I, when I open the mic in the morning, I'm talking right to that one person. I don't yeah. Speak directly into their mind. Yeah, yeah, it. you do. Um, do you remember the first time you met him? First, both off the stage, and then about your first time working with him on set? Yeah, that's a good question because I met him right off of Lorne Michaels' office when he was seated in like a, this holding area. We were all in, all the new guys. Yeah. And it was, hey, this is Eddie Murphy from Long Island. We hit it off, shook his hand, could see from day one, this is a great kid, grounded, funny, joking, brilliant. It really was nothing shy of just, whoa. And then we went from there to audition the 17th floor at NBC and we did the word association sketch that yeah. uh, Chevy Chase and uh, Richard Pryor did legendary and Eddie nailed it and was as funny as Pryor and I'm I'm looking I had to take a moment and said oh my god we got gold so we ran all ran to Gene Mania the producer this is your guy this is your guy and then we started hanging we just would hang out forever. We would hang. We would hang. I'd go to his house. I bought him from Long Island to Jersey. And then he moved two minutes from the house. And we would get Christmas morning and late nights and shining. You spent Christmas morning together? He would show up at the house with presents for my kids, my, my young son Joey at the time, and my ex-wife, myself. How thoughtful is that? On his way to Long Island yeah. to see his family. When he first started making money, you know? He wasn't dressed as Santa. Or he didn't show up in no. the red leather. Did he? No, no, no. Red leather. <laughs> red leather good. Santa. Yeah, no, that, would be awesome. that was later. <laughs> That's very funny, no, but it was so, he's just a, yeah. he's like his brother, man. He's like a brother. Well, that's so cool that you guys are that close. Is, is that is that rare, or is that is that pretty common between SNL cast members? Yeah, there is a brother and sisterhood. I see I see uh, Jay Farrow over here. I mean, the age difference is, is quite dramatic, but you just, you feel like you're part yeah. of that family that Lauren Michaels created. Yeah. They're very grateful for that, and always grateful to SNL for that. But with Eddie, it was a little more than that, I think, with he and I. We were just just gravitated toward each other I think because we were opposite he's very cool and I'm like a dork <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have a favorite uh, SNL skit that he did oh uh, you know what so great many, question no 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 but uh, what would make me laugh what I would just take time to watch Gumby used to make me fall over laugh and I was in those sketches so if you'll note those sketches Mr. Discipline over here I was laughing most of the time <laughs> so Gumby would make me laugh but when he did um, the Buckley stuff was funny and when he did, um, hot tub. Yeah, hot tub was great. James <laughs> Brown, I couldn't believe he did that. But uh, um, when he was in prison, you know, oh, I want to kill. What does that say? A killer white man. I want to yeah. kill a white. That yeah. was like so edgy, so edgy. Yeah. It was great, and it was well acted. I love to watch him be in those serious modes. You know. Do you think you couldn't get away with some of that stuff today? Yeah, good do point. You, you couldn't yeah. do Ebony and Ivory today. Yeah. But we're still going to show it tonight. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> what are you going to do out there for him? Do you have anything like yeah, special lined yeah, up? Yeah. This isn't going to air till the morning, so you can... Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're going to do a little bit. I'll do a little bit of the old man, maybe have some fun, and then I'll introduce some things. And I want to talk from the heart a little bit right. and how young he was. People forget how young he was. He was, he was just just 19. Kid. Isn't that the wildest thing? Wow. It's good. Tell me your name again. Now. Jason Fraley. Jason nice Fraley. Nice to meet you, sir. You too, man. Absolutely. Oh, you were very kind. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.